All right, take your Bibles tonight, Nehemiah chapter number 3, and uh, hopefully maybe the last time we'll be here. Uh, I'm going to try my best to give it all to you tonight, finish up with these gates. I'll be honest with you, I've got more notes than I've had for any other one tonight. I've got several things I want to show you, and uh, I don't want to go too fast that you don't pick up on everything. Uh, but if we have to, we'll spend two weeks, uh, but I'm going to try my best to get through it tonight. I hope it's been a help to you and a blessing to you. I know it has been to me, and uh, I hope we've learned something together as we went through these gates. And I uh, want to try to cover the remaining of the chapter tonight. And uh, I went back and looked. We started all this. I know we had a little bit of a break in there, uh, but we started all this back in about March the 15th. Uh, so we've been on these gates for several, several weeks now and uh, looking forward to, to finishing it. But boy, it's been a joy uh, to me to look through it and to be able to share with you what the Lord showed me. Uh, but let's begin reading tonight, if you will, in verse number 30. We'll read down through the remaining of the chapter. And uh, when you find your places, you stand with me tonight, if you can enable, in honor and reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. Nehemiah chapter 3 and verse number 30, the Bible said, After him repaired Hananiah, the son of Shelemai, and Hanan, the sixth son of Zalaph. Another piece, after him repaired Meshalem, the son of Barakai, over against his chamber. After him repaired Malchai, the goldsmith's son, under the place of the Nethanims and of the merchants over against, notice this phrase, the gate Mifkad, and to the going up of the corner. And between the going up of the corner under the sheep gate repaired the goldsmiths uh, and the merchants. Look with me in verse 31. The Bible said, and other merchants over against the gate Mifkat. I want to preach just a little while tonight with the help of the Lord on the gate Mifkat. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I still love you tonight. Lord, I pray you'd help us as we study your word. Lord, I pray you'd help me take the truths that, Lord, you've put upon my heart and give it to the people. Lord, I don't know the hearts. Lord, I don't know the needs, but, Lord, I'm glad that you do. Lord, I pray tonight that I realize that no one is assembled here by accident. Lord, you've got a purpose and you've got a plan for everyone that's here. Lord, for everyone that's not. Lord, I don't know who may be listening by Facebook. Lord, I pray you'd have your will and way here tonight. If there be one lost, Lord, I pray you'd save them for their last and too late. Lord, if there be one discouraged, would you encourage your heart tonight? Then, Lord, I pray you'd help us. We take these truths and apply them, Lord, to our hearts and lives as we go out in the next few days. Lord, we'll thank you and we'll praise you for all that you've done, all that you're going to do. For we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. You be seated. Thank you for standing. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I may be wrong, but I think I, I may do a little bit more. I, I'm not saying I won't be preaching, but I may not spit and slobber and run like I usually do. I may slow down a little bit, uh, but I want to, I want to show you some truths uh, here tonight. Some things that uh, I believe would be helpful to us here in these last days. Now you remember we said several weeks ago by way of introduction that uh, when we started with the sheep gate, 
We talked about how that these gates, while they were literally ten gates uh, in ancient Jerusalem, they also, in their uh, pictures and typologies, they uh, showed us a progression of the Christian life. In fact, let's go ahead and get into it. And you know my outline hadn't changed much with each gate. Uh, uh, Notice the sequence of the gates. We started... uh, Brother Chris, all those weeks ago at the sheep gate, and uh, we talked about how it was the sacrifices that came through the sheep gate, and how that it was the high priest that uh, repaired the sheep gate, and what pictures and types of our salvation that we saw there. That's where our lives began. Uh, we were dead in our trespasses and sins uh, until we were saved uh, at the sheep gate. Everything changed uh, at the sheep gate. That's where access to the city uh, or to the Christian life was made. Uh, Then we moved on to the fish gate, which was the evangelism gate. Or the gate of soul winning where they brought the fish into the into the city. And uh, we talked about how you wouldn't be saved long. You'd begin to tell uh, somebody that the Lord had saved them too. Then we went from there to the old gate which was a picture of the old past. And I told you there had to be a time uh, in every child of God's life that they made the choice. Uh, it wasn't what mama said. It wasn't what daddy said. It wasn't what the preacher said. But they chose the old paths, uh, which is the good way. Then we found ourselves at the valley gate. It was a picture of the trials and tribulations in our lives. And uh, how that if you're saved any length of time at all, uh, you would go through a valley. There would <coughs> be troubles. There would be trials. There would be uh, hard times in the valley. But you'll remember we talked about some things that we found in the valley had it we'd never known he was a lily of the valley had we not ever been in the valley and there were some lessons to be learned in the valley then we found ourselves at the dung gate which was the garbage dump and uh, I, I know you've heard all this but we're about done I want to make sure you remember uh, we talked about being a direct line from the sheep gate to the dung gate and it was at the dung gate that the city that the waste and the garbage uh, exited the city and how that there had to be a time when we got rid of the sin uh, in our lives and we came to the fountain gate which was a picture of being spirit filled we'd never be spirit filled till we got rid of the sin then we come to the water gate which was a picture of the word of God and then we came to the horse gate which was a picture of battles it's where the horses were kept that they uh, made war with the war horses if you would uh, uh, then last week we looked at the east gate which was a picture of the second coming of the Lord. Boy, what a joy that is. Uh, uh, to know that one day there won't be any more valleys, there won't be any more battles, uh, uh, there won't be any more sin, all this. Uh, uh, when they'll be done away with, there'll be no more doctors, there'll be no more of any of that. Uh, uh, that he is coming back to rule and reign. And uh, Boy, what a joy that is. Uh, uh, but now it almost seems like that everything ought to be over. We got to the east gate and Uh, The Lord's come back. And why is this tenth gate uh, uh, in our Bible? Because uh, uh, the Lord's second coming is not the end for us. Did you know that? There is more that awaits. And so we find ourselves tonight at the gate Mifkat. It's interesting, Chris. It's the only gate that uh, you have to dig a little bit to find out what it was. I mean, the sheep gate... 
Makes sense. That's where they brought the sheep in. The fish gate makes sense. That's where they brought the fish in. The valley gate or exited out of the city uh, into a valley. That makes sense. The dung gate was where the waste and the garbage went out. Everything, the east gate faced the east. Everything else made sense. Uh, uh, but the gate Mifkad takes just a little bit of thought and digging. But I want you to notice with me the significance of the gate. Mifkad uh, uh, is much in some areas like the horse gate. You remember I told you the horse gate was a place for military. It was a place where they kept the horses. It was a place where uh, Chris, the, uh, the cavalry, if you would, would mount up and ride out of the city uh, to go to battle. It was where the horses uh, uh, were kept and stored. Uh, Mifkad is also a military term, uh, and it means a gathering place uh, or a place of inspection. Now, now you say, preacher, what's that have to do with anything? Well, let me tell you what they used it for. Brother Corey, it was at the gate Mifkad uh, that after, I'm about to come slap unglued and then got started. Uh, that after the battle was over uh, and they'd come back into the city, uh, it was at the gate Mifkad, Wayne, that they'd meet. Uh, uh, the army would gather itself together uh, at the gate of Mifkad. Uh, and the general uh, or, or the commanding officer would line them up, uh, and it was a place of inspection. Now, after everything was done, Wendy, they'd line up at the gate Mifkad, uh, and the commanding officer would line them up, uh, and he'd begin to evaluate what they'd done. Now, he'd begin, Chris, to uh, uh, inspect them, or if you want to use a better word, uh, he'd begin to judge them for their performance and the way they performed, and uh, for what they had done in the battle. Uh, it was a place, Ronald, that they looked to, uh, uh, knowing that when the battle was over, they'd gather uh, at the gate Mifkat. It was a gathering place, uh, uh, but it was more than just a place to gather. It was a place of inspection. Uh, it was where their commanding officer uh, uh, would inspect their performance uh, and judge them uh, for what they had done. Now notice with me the symbolism of the gate. Understanding all that tonight, the gate Mifkad is a picture uh, and a type of the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, you'll remember the Bible said that it's appointed a man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. Isn't that right? Uh, uh, while it is a joyous occasion, uh, uh, to think about the east gate and think about the Lord coming back. Uh, uh, Chris, there is a gathering place. Uh, there is a time, Brother Corey, that he'll stand every child of God uh, uh, before the Lord. Uh, uh, the Bible said to give an account of the deeds uh, that were done in our body. Uh, he'll take every gate that we ever went through. Uh, I, I don't have time to preach them all, but he'll take the sheep gate. Uh, and that'll be what will determine which judgment we stand at. Uh, the saved child of God will stand uh, at the judgment seat of Christ. The wicked dead, those that have never been saved. Uh, uh, Leona, they'll stand at their great white throne judgment. Uh, uh, so it's at the sheep gate that our reservation is made. Uh, to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, uh, they'd return from the battle and go into the gate. Uh, and they'd meet inside the safety of the city. Uh, uh, that's what we're looking forward to tonight. Uh, not not in, the, in an earthly city, uh, but in a heavenly city. We'll meet together.
together uh, and be inspected or judged. Uh, but with that, because of the sheep gate. Brother Corey, I thought about it. He'll judge the opportunities that we had. How to go through the fish gate. Be able to evangelize. Be able to soul win. He'll judge when they don't have many opportunities. How that we wasted to tell somebody else about him. He'll judge for how we dealt with the times in our valley gates. When everything seemed to be going wrong. He'll judge what happened in the old gate. He'll judge every deed done in our body. Whether it be good or bad. But not only the deeds that were done in our body, let me say this, we will not, I know you've heard me say it before, but at the judgment seat of Christ, we will not be judged for our sin. He's not there to determine whether we're sinners or not. Our sin has already been judged at Calvary. Isn't that right? Just right. Our sin come upon the back of our darling sin. Savior. Chris, he paid our judgment. God, I'm about to come slap unglued. God poured out his wrath on Christ. And he took the judgment of my sin. But there will come a day that I'll give an account not for my sin, but for my works. And not only my works, but my motives. Did you know that? That's just right. All right. Now listen. Listen to me. I'm going to use me. All right. I usually pick on Leona right here, but I'm going to pick on me. Listen, I'm coming here tonight do my best to preach to you. But it'll not just be what I said, though that will be a part of it. Wayne, there'll come a time I stand for every word that come out of my mouth. I've given account of every single thing I said, everything I didn't say. But it'll not only be what I said and what I didn't say, but Ron, in that day, he'll judge my motive. About whether or not I come to get a pat on the back. Isn't that right? The Bible said uh, that you already have your reward. Isn't that right? Uh, it'll not just be that, it'll be. Uh, we all know tonight, they know you're sugarcoating it. Uh, uh, there are so called preachers that just come for a paycheck uh, and they already have their reward. Uh, uh, they may be doing a good thing, but for the wrong reason. Uh, and every child of God will give an account uh, uh, for their deeds done in their body and not only that but why they did what they did we'll be judged for what we did what we didn't do and why we did or did not do it so it's here at the at the judgment seat of Christ that our efforts will either be rewarded or burned with fire there will be no mockery there will be no there'll be no miscount there'll be no uh, there'll be no fudge in the books in that day. Uh, you'll stand before God and all will be exposed. Uh, uh, there'll be no there'll be no appeal. There'll be no uh, uh, there'll be no nothing. Uh, uh, your your works, your efforts, uh, uh, Leona, they'll either be burned with fire uh, or they will be rewarded. You say, preacher, you got Bible for that? Uh, uh, short do. Watch this. First Corinthians chapter three, uh, verse ten through fifteen. The Bible said. Uh, 
according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. I've laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Now watch this. Paul went on to say, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man built upon this foundation, watch this. There's six things mentioned, Brother Chris, that we can build on the foundation. The Bible said gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Then the Bible went on to say every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now listen to me, we've got to get this, and I'm going to give you a few things. And then i got somewhere I really want to get tonight. So they want to get the picture. There'll come a time that we'll stand before the Lord. And every man's work the Bible said will be exposed there'll be nothing hid there'll be nothing to cover up there'll be no argument Ronald I'll stand there and the Bible said our works will be tried by fire it can either be it could be gold it could be silver it could be precious stones or it could be wood hay and stubble hey Chris I don't know how to happen but I know the Bible said it'd be tried by fire and we know tonight you throw wood in the fire what's going to happen it's going to burn how you throw hay in a fire, it's going to burn. How you throw stubble in a fire, it's going to burn. Gold, silver, and precious stones will be the only thing that come out the other side. Brother Cord, there'll be no argument that day. I'll not say, but no, Lord, I did it for the right reason. It'll all be exposed. We will be laid bare. My soul, friend, not for my benefit, but because of everything he'd done for me. My so I want to have something that I can show him. I have something that passes the test. I have something that I can lay at his feet. I have to show my appreciation. I, y'all ain't getting that, but I ought to be in hell tonight. I, but yet I'm saved by the good grace of God. I, I want something, Wayne, that I can lay at his feet. I, though I'll never repay him, I want there to be something I, that I can show that I've done for him I, for the right reason, the right motives. I, I want something to be able huh, to lay at his feet. Huh, but every man's work will be tried by fire. And the Bible said if any man's if any man's work abide which he had built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Now, those things in that day that we have, those things that pass through the fire, the Lord himself, y'all ain't getting this. I know they ain't that many here, but it'd be all right. Can you imagine the Lord himself saying, well done, my faithful servant, and giving me a reward, and giving you a reward, as low down and dirty as we are, 
have something that, oh, I'm about to come unglued. I, oh, that Brother Corey, I'd do something I, oh, that he'd find worthy. I, oh, but the Bible said if I, if I, if I work, that we'd receive a reward. I, oh, but then it went on to say in verse 15, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. I, oh, but he himself shall be saved. I, yet so as by fire. I, that does something to me. Maybe I'm lower than y'all are. But it does something to me that Brother Chris, even if I have nothing to offer, yet he still loves me. He's not looking for me to be a better Christian than anybody else. He knows I'm vile and wretched. And even wrong, if I've got nothing to offer, the Bible said that I'd suffer loss. But his soul should be saved even as by fire. He's not going to kick me out of heaven. Maybe that doesn't help y'all, but it does me. Because I, I know how vile and wretched I really am. I, I know how little I've really got to offer. I, but my soul, it ought to be our desire tonight. As a saved child of God, I want something that I can do for Him. I, I want something that I can offer. I, and the Bible said, if our work be proven, I, I, we shall receive a, a reward. You say, preacher, what's that mean? I, what's our reward. I, I could preach this tonight in a negative context but I want to give you five things uh, uh, that we could receive. Alright? There's five crowns uh, uh, mentioned in your Bible. Five crowns that uh, we could receive at the judgment seat of Christ. Five things that we could build. Uh, uh, five things that we could do, Chris, uh, uh, that we could receive a reward. Uh, uh, the first one you'll find is the crown of life. I, uh, you find it in James chapter 1 verse 12. I'm not going to ask you to turn. If you want to take notes, you can. If not, that's fine. I, uh, but I'm going to try to go pretty quick. I, uh, the Bible said there, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Uh, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, uh, which the Lord hath promised to them uh, that love him. Uh, uh, so this crown of life, Chris, come from enduring temptation. That's what the Bible said. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. So it deals, Miss Joan, with somebody that's tried and faces tribulations, suffers in their life, yet through it all they love the Lord. Y'all ain't helping me too much. They love the Lord. And the Lord doesn't let that go unrecognized. And he said to them that suffer. Isn't that right? To them that suffers tribulation. To them that suffers. Yet loves me. I've Y'all ain't getting that. I've got a record kept. I know everything they faced. I know everything they went through. And there is a reward for their faithfulness. In fact, the Bible went on in Revelation. Chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible said this. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. There it is again. This is connected with suffering. Behold, the devil shall cast some 
of you in the prison. Now things have picked up. Now it's not just suffering, but now they've been in prison for their faith. That you may be tried and you shall have tribulation ten days. Now watch this. Be thou faithful unto death. I will give thee a crown of life. You say, preacher, what is that crown of life? It's referred to commonly as the martyr's crown. When the souls that through everything have stayed faithful to the Lord, that their love and their faith was unwavering, even unto death. You now what the Bible said uh, that's exactly right friend there's a lot of things uh, the nun sisters sing a song uh, and it starts out like this it says all want their lives uh, to count for something isn't that right uh, we all want our lives to mean something uh, we all want somebody to have something to say uh, when they come by our casket uh, uh, but then it went on to say but vain pursuits uh, uh, mean nothing uh, uh, when it really comes down to it. It doesn't matter what how much I gained. It doesn't really matter how much I know. It doesn't matter how much land I own. It doesn't matter what kind of house I live in. Go ahead and nod your head. That's exactly right. Nobody want it. But if me and my wife died tonight, somebody else live in my house by next week. Did you know that? It doesn't really matter. If I had a mansion or a single wife, it'd just go to somebody else. It didn't matter if I had a million dollars in the bank. I, I wouldn't take one dime of it with me. I, but you know what our desire ought to be? I, it ought to be to count for Jesus. I, it ought to be tonight that no matter what, I, no matter how tough, no matter how hard the struggle, I, that even if it come to laying down our life, I, that he's been good enough to us, I, that we'd be willing to do it willingly. I, and that's exactly right. I think about old Stephen. I, uh, over there, you say, I don't know. I just don't know, preacher, if I could do it. How you think about Stephen over here in the book of Acts? How the Bible said, Jessica, that they stoned him. How the death of the Bible said he lifted his eyes and saw the Lord standing at the right hand of the Father. How you say, preacher, what's so special about that? I tell you how serious it is with the Lord. Because he gave his life for you. For you to be willing to give your life for him. The Bible tells me, Ronald, that he died at Calvary. Calvary rose on the third day, ascended into heaven and placed the blood on the mercy seat and sit down on the right hand of the Father. But that tells me when one of his saints stays faithful and one of his saints stays true and stays the course and loves him even with his own life. Corey, that tells me that God himself stands up in recognition of the sacrifices made. That's exactly right. I tell you this tonight. I hope and pray. I mean it. I hope and pray nobody in this building is ever faced with a choice to die, to be a martyr for Christ. But I do tell you what I want to do with the life that I do have. I want to give it to Him. Not only in death, but in life. I don't want to just die for Him. I want to live for Him tonight. Uh, don't you uh, uh, so the crown of life it is the martyr's crown it is for those who suffer and endure temptation yet hold fast uh, unto their faith in Christ uh, even unto death uh, listen to me 
I know this was several years ago now. We don't hear much about it. And now school shootings are uh, much more, uh, I know it's going to sound awful, but it's much more uh, uh, heard of, I guess you could say. Uh, but I remember, I was just a little boy, but I, I, since I've got older, I've watched some of the comments, some of the uh, documentaries and different things on Columbine. And they tell me that one young lady, I can't remember her name, you probably know, uh, but Corey, they tell me uh, that the shooters literally come in. I, I'm not trying to be graphic, but literally come in and placed a gun to her head. And Rhonda said, do you believe in the Lord Jesus? And if you do, we're going to pull the trigger. And they said to themselves at Wayne, and she looked at them and said, yes, I do. And I'm not ashamed. I don't know what she saw. I don't know what she experienced. But I do know this to make it one of these days. I'll be there and I'll see the Lord himself hand her a crown of life. Because she was willing uh, to give her life for him. Uh, uh, there will be a reward tonight. Uh, uh, my, y'all ain't getting that. Uh, uh, the Lord honors sacrifice, you see. Crown of life is the martyr's crown. Those that are willing to hold their faith even unto death. Then we find not only the crown of life, but we find the incorruptible crown. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, down through about verse 27. Now the Bible said, every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we, an incorruptible, there's that incorruptible crown. Paul said, I therefore so run not as uncertainly. So, I, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So what is this incorruptible crown? This crown is reserved for those who have obtained self-control. It's the best way I know how to say it tonight. Notice what Paul said. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Now watch what Paul said he did to obtain this crown. I therefore so run... Not as uncertainly. Paul said, I'm not trying to figure out where I'm going. Is that right? I'm not trying to figure out what to do. In fact, he went on to say, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. Right, he's not, you ever seen somebody, I'm not trying to be funny, you ever seen them cartoons or these little kids or whatever the case is and they get in a fight and there's somebody just, they're not hitting, they're just beating the air. I mean, they're just acting foolish. Well, I've seen a lot of Christians like that. They want to fight and they want to do something for the Lord, but they don't have any self-control. They don't, they're just beating the air. They're just running here and yonder, and they're not getting anything done. They're just beating the air, but nothing's happening. They have no self-control. Watch what Paul said. Watch this. Not as one that beateth the air. Then he went on to say this, but I keep under my body and bring it, talking about his body, into subjection. You know what he said? Paul said, I've learned to keep my body, my flesh, are you with me? My old man, my old nature, I've learned to keep it under subjection. Boy, it's getting quiet. And I know a whole lot of people in that. I, I stand by it. We do live in our flesh. 
We're going to get in the flesh. We're going to sin and we're going to fall short. But I'm telling you, based on the word of God, we do have the ability through the grace of God to bring our body into subjection. I'll tell you a story. It's kind of funny, but it's not. Old Maze Jackson went up and preached in Cherokee one time, Wendy, and he got to lead the village chief, the, the chief of the, of the tribe. Ronnie got to lead him to the Lord, and he got to go back in a year to him. And he asked the chief how everything was going. And the chief said, the chief told him, I, I wish I could tell it like Maze did, but he said, I've got two wolves inside of me. And he said, sometimes good wolf wins, sometimes bad wolf wins. And he said, and May said, well, what are you doing? He said, I'm trying to let the good wolf win. May said, how do you do that? And he said, one I feed more stronger. Is that right? We've all got a nature tonight. We've all got a new nature, an old nature if you've been saved. And the one that'll be the strongest is the one you feed the most. You can feed the flesh or you can feed the spirit. But it is possible tonight to walk in the spirit. It is possible tonight to bring your flesh under subjection. It is tonight to have self-control. There's too many Christians in Baptist churches that say, well, I'm just in the flesh and I'll never be perfect. That's exactly right and that's why I lost in nine world I says I'm not going to go down there with a bunch of hypocrites because we have no control over our body tonight the incorruptible crown is reserved for those who have obtained self control you'll not be rewarded for what you did in the flesh and I'm not just on bad cussing and, and, and adultery and foreign. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you those times, Brother Chris, if I'm not real careful, it'd be awful easy to preach in the power of the flesh. Is that right? It'd be real easy to go soul winning in the power of the flesh. It'd be real easy to plan an event, Wendy, in the power of the flesh. It'd be real easy to do all that. But I'm not going to get rewarded for what I did in my flesh. If there's going to be a reward, we've got to subdue and put into subjection the flesh. That's exactly right. And that's when an incorruptible crown can be received. I don't know about you. I'm getting ahead of myself, but over in Revelation, the Bible said that we know the story, how the Lord's coming back, how we talked about last week, he's coming back on a white stand, and the Bible said, when on his head were many crowns. You know what that is? That's the crowns that you and I win. That's these five crowns we're looking at. My soul, I want to get my body under subjection, Wendy, so that I have an incorruptible crown. That I can lay, not so I get glory out of it. Oh, no, friend, I don't believe there'll be one of us walking around heaven with a crown on. If there is anything we get, we'll lay it at his feet. That right? You say, preacher, I just don't know about that. Well, let me ask you this. If you, I don't even know if it's a king or a queen, I don't know, but over in England, whatever they got, I think it's still a queen. Let's just say, Chris, you run into the queen of England, huh? and, she, and there was a crown laying there. Who's going to pick it up and put it on their head? I'm not being ugly, but you, a little nobody from low cap, huh? or the queen. It's going to be the queen, isn't it? Huh? The crown, y'all ain't getting that. Huh? The crown belongs on royalty. Huh? And I'm just a nobody and a nothing ought to be in hell. Huh? What business do I have? 
wearing a crown. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. It deserves to be on his head. I believe we'll take it off and put it on his head. That's exactly right. And when he comes back, the Bible said on his head were many crowns. Isn't that right? That little old girl, Ron Whitmore, it does something to me. I hope it does you. I don't think about that girl that got a martyr's crown. But we'll be there that day, and I believe with everything I've got, it'll never touch her head. I believe when he hands it to her, she'll hand it back and say it's nothing for what you did for me. Isn't that right? Oh, yes, friend. If if we do get an incorruptible crown, we could have never earned it had it not been for his grace. Had it not been for him dying for us, we'd have never got our body in subjection. He's worthy of the crown. It's an incorruptible crown. There's a crown of life. Then there's a crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8, the Bible said, For I'm now ready to be offered in the time of my departure at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. I haven't said this yet, but about every one of these verses says that day. You know what day that's talking about? That's talking about judgment day. It's talking about the judgment seat of Christ. And on that day, Paul said, that there'd be a right, there'd be, notice what he's saying. There's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give Give me at that day, and not to me only. It's not just for Paul, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Boy, I got to think about that this evening in my office. And back comes slap unglued. Watch this. Paul said that he knew long before he ever died. He said, I know there is a crown of righteousness that awaits me, that the Lord himself, the righteous judge, should give me me in that day and not to me only but unto them also that love he is appearing this crown is reserved for all the saints that eagerly await and long for the Lord's appearing I got to think about a woman brother Chris I pastored down there at Liberty you've heard me talk about her a little bit Wendy didn't hardly have nothing still doesn't as far as I know I mean didn't have didn't hardly have anything. I don't know how in the world she ever made it. The, the, the walls of her house I, I had holes in them so big you stick your hand through. I, it'd be so cold in there. You go in there, you could hardly stand it. I, I'm just telling you the truth. Couldn't hardly have anything in the cabinets. I, but I'd think about it every time I'd go see her. I, she'd sit there and big old tears begin to well up in her eyes. I, and she'd say, oh, I wish the Lord had just come back. I, I wish he'd just come back right now. I, that's exactly right. Uh, she'd say preacher I love you and I love your family uh, and I love my youngins and I love my grand youngins uh, uh, but I've got more over yonder than I do here uh, I just wish he'd just come on back uh, uh, one of these days when I'm going to get to see him uh, hand her a crown of righteousness uh, uh, you think about them little old women them little old men and women uh, uh, that's been here far longer than we do uh, uh, got more over on the other side than we, than we do here uh, oh friend they long to see him come. I, oh, that's exactly right. I, I know of a man right now, Brother Chris. I, a godly man, little old man, his wife had died. I, I, he's been by himself now for several years. I, every time I go see him, he said, Preacher, I, I wake up every morning disappointed. I, I, the Lord 
for it ain't come back. How many longs for it? Are you with me tonight? And there'll be a reward for loving the Lord that much. That's exactly right. It may seem small to you, but that's something that won't burn up in that day. That's exactly right. Can I tell you something? I don't know how to be. I don't know if we'll know what somebody else got and what they didn't. But I believe we'll be shocked who gets the most rewards. I believe it'll blow your mind. The preachers you thought would have an abundance will have little. And the little old men and women you didn't think would have nothing. But they just love the Lord. They never taught a Sunday school class. They never said much. But they sure did love the Lord. The Lord doesn't let that go unnoticed. The Lord keeps a record of that. The Lord keeps up with their longing and their desire to see Him. My soul friend, there is a reward for just loving the Lord and longing to be with Him tonight. What's what the Bible said? Not to me only, but on all them also that love His appearing. I'll be honest with you. I've heard preachers preach that every one of us get that crown. You don't have to agree with me, but I don't know that we will. I'll tell you why. Paul didn't just say it was for all the saints. He said it was for the saints that loved his appearing. And I'll be honest with you tonight. I really examined my own heart. Boy, it excited me for the Lord to come back. When it would, I'm not lying, it excited me for the Lord to come back. But I'll be honest with you, Ronald. I'd kind of like to see them boys get married. I'd like Brother Corey to know what it is to hold a grand young in. But there's some that they long for him to come back. I mean, they just want to see him. He's there every, are you with me? And it's those that you and I cast aside so many times. It's those that we forget about. I'm not saying tonight. I'm not saying tonight. I know I'm not being critical, but it seems like I know nobody's been able to in these days with the coronavirus. But I remember I had some family in the nursing home, and Wendy, I'd go down there, and they'd tell me some of them men and women down yonder hadn't seen their family in months or years. They'd just been forgot about. It seemed like they just got a certain age, and nobody cared anymore. Just go ahead and nod your head. Oh, but there's a God in heaven sees every tear. And he knows they long just to be with him. Are you with me tonight? That does something to me. I don't know the toes that nobody else cares about. How the Lord loves. That's exactly right. It do us good sometimes. I think it do. I'm just being honest. I think it do us some good sometimes. For the Lord just knock us flat of our back. Take everything we've got. And let us get back to just depending on him. It ought to be every one of us love his appearing. We ought all long for it. But if the truth of the matter is known, we've let things creep in that we'd rather see than to see him. It's just the truth tonight. The Bible said, and all them that love his appearing, that crown of righteousness. Not only that, there's another crown. Fourthly, the crown of glory. Bible said in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 4, I've got to hurry. I want to give you all this so bad. The elders which are among you, I exhort to him also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Watch verse 2. 
Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples unto the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Say, preacher, what's that crown for? This crown is for those who have loved, cared for, nurtured, protected, and fed the flock of God. It's for the pastors, the evangelists, the men of God, have done their best to preach the word of God. Now let me say this. I'm going to go on record here too. I don't think every pastor will get that crown. It's getting quiet again. I don't know why. I don't think every preacher is going to get that crown. Notice what the Bible said. Not being constrained, but willingly. Is that right? You know what the Bible said? Listen to me. You know what? The the Bible said the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Talk about not having. Do you notice about every time it talks to a preacher or a pastor or a bishop, however it words it, it says something about filthy lucre. Did you know that? Did you know that? You know what filthy lucre is? It's the love of money. You look around today, there's a whole lot of them got the love of money. It's just true. Can I say this? I'm not being ugly. I'm not. I I told somebody the other day, I thank God for what this church does for me. I I do. You're far better to me and my family than we deserve. And I'm grateful for it. I'm thankful for it. But if I was going to do it for money wrong, I'd have quit a long time ago. I'm just being honest. It takes sacrifice sometimes, Wayne. There's things that I don't always get what I want. Just go ahead and nod your head. It takes sacrifice. But I remember one time Brother Corey's a young preacher. A preacher, a older preacher, man of God. Put his arm around me one night. Didn't know me from Adam's house cat, but I knew who he was. And when he slipped my arm around me and said, Son, you may not see it now. He didn't know what was going on in my life. We just had got married. We didn't have hardly nothing. Everything was falling apart. And he slipped his arm around me and he said, Son, you may not see it now, but if you quit uh, and became the president of the United States, uh, you'd be taking more than one step down in position. Uh, are you with me tonight? Uh, it's not always glamorous. It's not always fun. Uh, but aren't you glad? I'm just preaching to me, maybe. Uh, uh, maybe, Brother Wayne, I don't know. Uh, uh, but Wayne, I sure am glad he sees every sacrifice. Uh, I'm glad he sees every struggle. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he sees the weak moments. Uh, I'm glad he sees what I don't know what else to do. I'm glad, thank God, that he keeps record. And there will be a day by the grace of God. If I can be what I ought to be, and you can be what you ought to be, there'll be a day there is a reward. And it's not down here, by the way. Did you know that? Watch this. Not only, the, not, not only tonight, I want you to know something lastly. The crown of rejoicing. Can you give me 10 more minutes? I know it's getting late. Give me 10 minutes. I won't give it all to him. This one, every one of us can get. Everybody in this building can get the crown of rejoicing. 
Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 18 through 20, Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. You know what Paul said? It's the only one. Well, I'm not going to say that. But it's one of the few, Brother Chris, that you can enjoy in this life and the after. Notice what he said. What? Notice this. What is, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye, who's he talking to? The church at Thessalonica. Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye, who? The church at Thessalonica are our glory and joy. Say, preacher, what's the crown of rejoicing? It's the soul winner's crown. It's the only one, Wendy, that you get fruit down here and reward over yonder. That's right. Ronald, there is a crown of rejoicing. You know why it's the crown of rejoicing? What did the Bible say in the book of Luke chapter 15? That there's rejoicing. In the presence of the angels. Isn't that right? Oh, yes, friend. The soul winner's crown. And every last one of us can earn it. But it takes being willing to tell somebody about the Lord. Paul said, what is our hope and joy and crown of rejoicing? Then he went on to say, are not even ye. In the presence of the Lord at his coming. There's joy in knowing that somebody else got in. There's a soul winner's crown. The crown of rejoicing. So there's the five crowns tonight that we can earn at the judgment seat of Christ. Now can I show you something real quick? I'm hurrying. Notice the sureness of the gate. That gate mifkad, the sureness. I'm just going to read it to you. I'm not even going to preach. In order to be at the gate mifkad, one must have first entered in through the sheep gate. For the saved child of God, we have the assurance that we will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, that may sound bad to you, but I tell you this, at the judgment seat of Christ, you're judged for your works, not your sin. We'll never be judged at the great white throne judgment. Did you know that? We'll be there to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, but I'll never stand in judgment at the great white throne judgment. It's reserved tonight for those that are unsaved, the wicked and the unbelieving. That will, we have the sureness, Leona, that we'll never stand to be judged for our sin. And maybe that doesn't do much for you, but I sure am glad my sin's already been judged. Sure am glad my sin's already been paid for. It's already been answered for. And I'll never have to give an account of that. Then notice this, and I'm done. I, this, I'll be honest with you. If you've tuned out everything else, give me five minutes right here. Because this is what I saw several, several weeks ago that got me started on these gates. I want to give you the seriousness of the gate. Notice tonight that the chapter ends not with the gate Mifkad. What's the last gate mentioned in Nehemiah 3? The sheep gate. Remember I told you we started the sheep gate to make a full circle. We had to end at the sheep gate. 
The focus tonight is not on what we've accomplished, but rather what he did. Do you know that? Even at the judgment seat of Christ, it'll not all be about us. It'll be about what he did. There is anything I've earned. I told you a minute ago, we'll turn right around and give it back to him. Because anything we did is nothing compared to what he did. Now, can I show you something about these gates real quick? Watch this. The word gate, Brother Chris, that's used in Nehemiah 3. I don't do a whole lot of Greek and Hebrew. Can't hardly speak English, but I do want to show you just a little something. It's the Hebrew word shahar. S-H-A-A-R. Shahar. Which literally means, now listen to this, to knock a hole through, to rip apart, or to pierce violently. What about that? Did y'all catch that? To knock a hole through, to rip apart, or to pierce violently. I saw that, Brother Corey, way back in March. That's what got me started on these gates. But I thought about Wendy at Calvary. They knocked a hole through his hands and through his feet. They ripped his back at the scourging block. There at the, at the cross, the Bible said they came, Brother Chris, seeing he was already dead, instead of breaking his legs that the prophecy could be fulfilled. The Bible said that Roman soldier took his spear and what pierced his side. Forthwith came blood and water. Boy, I want to preach that so bad. But I thought about that gate was everything. That word gate, shahar, means to knock a hole through, to rip apart. And to pierce violently. So preacher, what's all these gates point to? They point to Calvary. Every single one of them point to Calvary. Every aspect of our life points to Calvary. Do you know that? You go through the valley. Boy, I want to give you 10 more weeks of it. Go back and show you how they all point to Calvary. The sheep gate points to Calvary because that's where we got in. That right. Fish gate points to Calvary. Now we're telling somebody else. That right. The old gate points to Calvary because it is the foundation of the old time way. The valley gate points to Calvary because on the side of Calvary was a valley. Isn't that right? Are you with me tonight? And Calvary made a way. Are you with me? From Calvary, that valley goes to a better place. Are you with me tonight? Every one of them run a point to Calvary. Because he was, there was a hole made. He was ripped apart. And he was pierced violently. It all points to Christ. And points to Calvary. Can I show you something? Watch this. I told you a minute ago, I hope y'all getting this. I told you a minute ago, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We never started living till we got saved. You know what? You know what the first thing that brought life to our, to our, to our, to our, to brought, brought unto us life and life more abundantly? It was Calvary. Boy, I hope y'all get this. Stay with me two minutes. Since that day, Brother Corey, 
they've been a lot of decisions, there's been a lot of struggles, there's been a lot of valleys, there's been a lot of battles I fought. Uh, they've been, uh, are you with me tonight? Uh, there's been times, Leon, that the only thing kept me going was looking at the east gate uh, and knowing one day it'd be over. Uh, one of these days he's going to come through the east gate. Uh, he's going to rapture us out. Uh, one of these days, uh, I mean, there's a lot of water under the bridges. Are you with me? Uh, and they some have been saved longer than I've been alive. Uh, and there's a lot of water under the bridge. There's a lot of heartache. Uh, there's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of good times. Uh, there's, a, there's a roller coaster ride. Uh, up mountains and valleys and troubles and trials and victories. Uh, but one of these days, uh, it'll all be over. Uh, and when we stand before the Lord, you know the only thing that's really going to matter. The same thing that mattered at the very beginning. Obey the Y'all ain't getting that. Obey the only thing that matters at the very end, whether or not you've been to Calvary. My, my, are y'all getting that? Oh, there's so much we worry about. There's so much tonight that we struggle with. There's so much we wonder what the outcome will be. Can I tell you tonight, the only thing that matters is whether or not you've been to Calvary. The best we can do is live our life to be pleasing unto the Lord. Our heart's desire should be to live our lives in such a way to accomplish and fulfill the will of God, not for our own benefit or our own reward, but rather because of what He did at Calvary. Can I say this? If not for Calvary, if not for his suffering, if he hadn't been pierced, if he hadn't been ripped apart, if he hadn't allowed access, we'd be in hell tonight. But I'm glad, thank God, when it all boils right down to it, it doesn't matter what I do, and it doesn't matter what you did. In the end, it's still what he did. It's all about Calvary tonight. Aren't you glad every single gate in our life, every single milestone, every single access point because of Calvary. Stand to our feet tonight. Get the musicians they would. Come get a song of invitation.